Hey, redheads and everyone else listening. I'm Stephanie. I'm Adrian. Today, we are talking about the history of redheads. Of being a redhead. There's so much history to red hair. So our guest is really cool. She's Jackie Collis Harvey, and she is the author of Red, A History of the Redhead in My Life as a Redhead, a journal. And she's going to come on, give us a history of people who have had red hair, about redheads across the world, and give us an insight into things that we may not even know about. Yeah, I'm really excited for this topic because I I saw her book come out. We'll put her book in the podcast notes. Definitely. So you can see the cover. It's basically just a beautiful woman with red hair. and It is. It's. um, I remember when the book came out and I thought, oh my God, what a cool thing because It's a topic that we've talked about on our platform, but to go into detail and talk about the science, the religion, the sexuality, the literature, art, everything having to do with a redhead, having it all in one book I think is pretty cool. And when we did a poll on our Instagram story a couple months ago asking about what topics you'd want us to cover for season two, a lot of redheads were saying, can we talk about the history about a redhead or the redhead background, where a redhead came from, really dive in because I think when you think about a redhead back in the day, I think of Queen Elizabeth I. Yeah. yeah. And I think Henry VIII had red hair, I'm pretty sure. And then you hear all these myths about the witchcraft and persecution and like they got like burned at the stake. Yeah. Yeah. And I think it's fascinating too, and we'll dive into this with Jackie, but You know, there's a lot, the most redheads are in Scotland. Why did that happen? If someone asked me that, I would be like, I don't know. They just settled there. But really going into it and her, the red history of the redhead, it traces back to 50,000 years. And I think that's pretty cool because that shows that red hair has been around for so long. So we're super excited to have Jackie Collis Harvey on. She studied English at Cambridge University and works in museum publishing and is a commentator and a reviewer who speaks on the arts and their relation to popular culture. And now she splits her time between New York and London. So let's call her up. Guess what, redheads? The H2 Bar Box is now offering a deluxe version of the Beauty Box sent out four times a year in addition to the monthly box, you now have two options for enjoying the beauty subscription box for redheads. The monthly box is worth $80 plus, and the deluxe quarterly box is worth $250 plus. Each and every product is redhead friendly approved. Head to h2barbox.com to subscribe and use code podcast to receive 20% off. Hi, Jackie. This is Stephanie and Adrian Vendetti. Hello, you too. How lovely to be speaking to you. It's so wonderful to speak to you too. Thank you so much for your time. My pleasure. Awesome. Well, let's dive right into it. So, Red, a history of the redhead, tells the history of red hair throughout the ages. It traces back 50,000 years and dives into science, religion, feminism, and sexuality, literature, and art. And the book begins with how the redhead gene made its way out of Africa. Tell us a little bit more about the book and all the fascinating things about redheads. I mean, I know that's such a generic, general question. 
and then talk to us about how you started to write this amazing book. I will be delighted to. You're right. It, it is. The whole redhead story is absolutely fascinating. One of the best things about it is the way that the science of red hair and the genetics of red hair has shaped cultural expectations and reactions to red hair. It's uh, and particularly how it has gendered the subject so that to be a female redhead is one thing. Right. To be a male redhead is something very, very different. Interesting. And I started I started writing the book really because I, um, well, I'm a redhead myself. And I used to work in publishing before I became a full-time writer. And I was listening to a fellow publisher present a series of books on popular science. And it suddenly occurred to me that there was no book explaining the science behind being a redhead. So I... Wow. Um, set myself to investigate this and within about a week I had filled three notebooks and I was astonished myself at the story that was emerging right but to go back to the the business of the um the early human diaspora it surprises an enormous number of people that actually like every other gene we carry with us today uh the redhead gene um came with us as we all left Africa Okay. It manifested itself about 60,000, well, 50 to 60,000 years ago, by which point the population who became the early modern humans and all of us had got as far as the grasslands of Central Asia and no further. And mm. my theory that I put forward in the book is that some of those people turned left and became the tribes around the Black Sea, who in the time of the Greeks and Romans were noted as having a lot of red heads. And some might have turned right and ended up in what is now China and uh, some of the territories around China's um, western border where you get these extraordinary red-headed mummies and um, they might have been the origins of some of the redheads that you find in Islamic culture as well. Wow. Oh, my gosh. So then I guess so... When we think about where all the redheads are, like they're mainly in Scotland. How well, there's did, a large percentage? There's a large Scots. percentage in and Scotland, other places, and yeah. other places in the Netherlands, and of course, like Ireland. How did they get there? This was one of the most astonishing things to me. There is this incredible phenomenon among human populations called genetic drift. Okay. And it is the means by which a, a rare characteristic, such as red hair, which is determined by a recessive gene, so you only become right. a redhead if you're carrying two of the magic recessive genes, it's the means by which that characteristic becomes fixed within any population that is that little bit removed from the enormous human ebb and flow of different tribes and different cultures and different populations which is half the story as to why there are redheads in Ireland and Scotland, because they're on the fringes of Europe. The other half of the story is, of course, that if you have red hair, it's an indicator that your system is going to be very much better at synthesizing vitamin D from whatever sunlight is available than if your skin was darker. In this, it's the, the pale skin here, which is the really interesting genetic determining characteristic. 
And that um, obviously gives you, if you're a redhead with pale skin in Northern Europe, a little bit of a genetic advantage over those around you. Wow. Okay. So that has also helped. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That has also helped red hair to spread through the population because, you know, for centuries before there were antibiotics or anything like that, if your vitamin D levels were a little bit higher than those of the people beside you, your immune system was a little bit stronger as well. And that would have meant that you were less susceptible to die of the plague or TB or smallpox or any of those other things that would have carried other people off by the score. And if you're a woman, vitamin D also gives you a nice strong pelvis for carrying babies and giving birth to babies, which is another little advantage that red hair has conferred on us. Wow, that is fascinating. I know it is. So basically... Yeah, because I was um, I was thinking about Queen Elizabeth, who was in like the 15, what was she, like the 1500s, early 1600s? Yes. And yes. she lived to like 70 years old. That's a long time back yes. then. That was so, a yes. long time. Great it point. is. It is. It wasn't yeah. like now someone yeah. passes yeah. away at 70. You're like, oh, they, they're young. You yeah. Know? But yeah. back then, that was a very long life. So maybe she had an advantage. Maybe. Yeah. That's really cool. You're absolutely right. And, uh, you know, even in her lifetime, her longevity was remarked upon. Yeah. Yeah. That is that is so fascinating. The only reason I know these statistics is because I was in London last month and we ah. did like a whole tour of, you know, Kensington Palace. And I read about all of the history and I was so interested uh-huh. in everything. And there are uh-huh. a lot of redheads. I noticed so many redheads in <laughs> London and I noticed so many redheads throw history in the, in, in London. I was like, this is really cool. Yeah. We're, uh, we're becoming a, a much more noticeable minority than we were, I think. I think so, too. So we were thinking about, about your process of writing the book and how there must have been a lot of surprises along the way, um, like with the, the yes. information that you just shared. But what was the most surprising to you throughout the journey of writing it? It would be difficult to choose mm-hmm. one thing. There were a couple of facts. I uncovered that really resounded with me. One is that if you are a redhead, very often your pale skin will have a different pH, a different uh, um, acid balance to that of somebody who isn't a redhead, which will mean that scents and aftershades are going to smell different on you from the way they smell on other people. So um, you have to choose your scent and um, any scented moisturizers or anything like that that you use with great care. In fact, um, this was such a thing that a perfumier called Jean Patou in the 1920s made um, a, re- a, a scent especially for redheads. No way. Which he called Adieu Sagesse. Yeah, exactly. It's very difficult to find these days, but you can still find it. And the, the name Adieu Sagesse is uh, celebrate throwing caution to the winds, which is a very good redhead characteristic, I think. And the other thing that um, really fascinated me was the fact that redheads feel pain, particularly um, thermal pain, much more acutely than um, people whose hair is not red. And it's something that every redhead should be aware of, particularly when they go to the dentist, because far too many dentists don't know this. And you will need at least a third as much anesthesia to knock you out as any non-redhead would need. 
Yeah, that is fascinating, isn't it? We did a whole podcast on that because we found it so interesting. Ah, good. Well, spread the word. It's significant. It is. It's very significant. So the book dives into contemporary culture when it comes to gingerism and the movement against bullying, which is very powerful. Do you think that we're moving in the right direction when it comes to anti-bullying against redheads? I think we're certainly making strides towards a better place to be where bullying of redheads is concerned. It's um, depressing when you read that even Prince William or Ed Sheeran were bullied as children. But right. of course, when you look at them now as adults, uh, not Prince William, sorry, Prince Harry, what am I talking about? Prince Harry and Ed Sheeran were bullied as children, particularly. I mean, you know, you're a member of the royal family, for God's sake. If that doesn't make you safe against bullying, it's so will? true. Wow. But um, uh, it's uh, uh, something which you know they're articulate about. Um, redheads generally are becoming much more vocal about, and uh, of course there is an enormous um, anti-ginger bullying movement in the UK. I hope that that is going to carry on flowing through into the sort of the population at large, because it does seem to me sometimes that big picture, there's been a bit of a retrograde step in the way the world regards bullying at the moment, and it seems to be getting away with more than it used to be able to get away with, and to be regarded as almost normal behavior, and that is not good for anyone, whatever their hair color might be. Yeah, we we did, I, and I, I know that you're from London, um, but you split your time between New York and London. Do you feel like you're treated differently in London and New York with your red hair? I don't myself, but I've spoken to a great many American redheads. And I'm actually sitting in Brooklyn talking to you at the moment. We kind of swapped places if you were in London last month. But my partner is American, so I'm over in the States very often. And a lot of Americans are absolutely astonished and really quite appalled at the fact that you would be bullied in the right. UK simply because of a difference of hair color. Right. But then this is how bullying and discrimination have always worked. They're always motivated by being scared of something that's different to you. So, you know, yeah. it's it's all on a, as a sort of continuum of uh, human behavior, really. I, it's, I know. It really, that's so true. So now when it comes to how redheads are perceived and portrayed in our culture, do you think that there is a difference between redhead men and redhead women being portrayed? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. So yeah, absolutely. Because if you're a redheaded woman, you're regarded as being exotic Mm -hmm. and sexy and empowered by your sexiness in some way. And if you're exactly the opposite is true, that your red hair singles you out first of all the pale skin that often comes with red hair doesn't suggest the sort of manly virile qualities that we're supposed to esteem in men whereas in women it suggests that you're um you're somehow special you're different you're you know everything that works well for women with red hair does exactly the opposite job if you're a bloke with red hair which is 
very, very silly. But I, again, I do think that that is changing. And there are now, um, there are actors, for example, Benedict Cumberbatch, Damien Lewis, yes. who can take Love their them. place amongst you know, the Hollywood stars. And um, their red hair has become something that they're noted for and celebrated for. It, exactly. It's like, like Prince Harry. He, I thought he, I think he's done a great justice for redhead men. Do you he think, loves yeah. his hair. Do you think Archie's yeah. a redhead? Oh, we all hope so. We've I got know. our fingers crossed. I, I put up a post on my um, uh, my Facebook page recently of this lovely christening photo yeah. of the, um, Archie and his parents. And it's very difficult to tell because he is still a teeny weeny baby. And you he know, is. teeny weeny babies do not have a great deal of hair. But we know that Harry can only pass on the red hair gene because that's all he's got, red hair being a recessive gene. Right. So it's going to very, very much depend on what Megan. the um, you know, the, 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 the genetic background is to Megan's family. Right, because her dad, so I think, is a crossed. redhead. I know, I know. We keep, we zoom up and any photos they share on social media, we're like, does he have red hair? He does look like he has yeah. redhead eyebrows, yeah. though. Like, the eyebrows yeah. usually tell you and they're very They are blonde, very, like, yeah. very light. Oh, we're going to need to zoom in on that photograph and examine Archie's eyebrows. This is obviously <laughs> going to be the only way to settle the <laughs> that's how. That's what I think when I look at him. I'm like, he looks like a redhead. And then Stephanie saw a picture of Megan putting on sunscreen. And she's like, well, he must be a redhead. Yeah. yeah, there was a sunscreen in the background. Yeah, I know. And then a lot of people were saying, oh, it's too early to apply sunscreen on a baby at his age, but yeah. Oh, I don't think it ever is. I, I don't know. think it ever is. I didn't when think I so was either. Tiny, my, when I was tiny, my mom left me in the garden in my pram because she was so tired of people telling her her baby was so pale that her baby must be ill. And I ended up with um, second-degree burns on my knees. Oh. And I wouldn't have been much bigger than Archie was now. So it's never too early. No way. Yeah, yeah, we think so too. So in the book, you call your red hair, which we loved, the single most significant characteristic of your life. Have you always yeah, identified absolutely. strongly with being a redhead? Because you were the only redhead in your family, right? I was. I was. I'm the only redhead in my family in living memory. My brother has wow. six children, and I've told him he's not allowed to stop until he produces another redhead. And, uh, <laughs> wow. you know, fingers crossed. <laughs> yeah. So w did you my ever trace? Niece has a... Sorry, no, go ahead. Oh, I was going to say, have you traced it um, on your both side of your mom and your dad to find out who was a redhead? It's, there's a bit of a mystery there. When I was tiny, I was told my dad had Scottish blood and my mom had Irish blood, and that must be where my red hair came from. And then mm. as part of my research into writing red, I had my genome tested, and I, it turned out I have a scrap of Scottish or Irish blood in me. Really? So Isn't that funny? where that came from. Oh, my God. I, I apparently, I'm, I'm, I'm one-third Norwegian, I mean, okay. this sort of thing is very rough, but, you know, one third Norwegian, so, you know, Viking, one third north of England, which is probably also Viking, and uh, one third European centered kind of around Switzerland, which is completely mystifying. Hmm. But, you know, this is, this is the fascinating thing about genetics. It's always 
bringing you up against some kind of truth about yourself that you hadn't anticipated. So where my own red hair came from is, um, as, you know, as much of a, a mystery in terms of which of my ancestors was responsible as it ever has been. But it, it uh, you know, I meant what I wrote in the book. It has been the single most significant characteristic of my life. I have a redhead personality. You know, whether that's nature or nurture, I don't know, but it's definitely there. I have, I was brought up to believe that being a redhead and being different to people around you was a good thing. My, I think that's parents great. have an enormous role to play here. They do, yeah. If you bring your redheaded kid up to think being a redhead is different, you're doing a wonderful thing for them because you're not only making them feel proud of themselves, but you're making them accepting and interested of other people too. Yeah, that's right. really powerful. I know parents have such a big role a big in their kids. They're, they yeah, really do. Yeah. yeah. The reason we yeah. have confidence is because of our parents. You know, it's just, I feel like it passes down. So that's really important. It really is. And I know this is really... Well, you two do such an amazing job. I mean, all of the practical help and advice and the wonderful, wonderful pointers as to which lipstick mask Zara, uh, shampoo, suntan cream, we should all be using just to have, um, uh, you know, this, this uh, another strand in the community of redheads worldwide. It's just fantastic. So oh, more power to your arm, girls. Seriously. Oh, thank you so much. What do, what do you have planned in the future for, I hate to say like 2020, it feels like this year's flying by, but do you, are you working on any other pieces? I am, yes. I've just published another book, um, wow. not on redheads this time. It's called The Animal's Companion, and it's a history of our activities, our human activity as pet owners from 26,000 years ago right up to the present day. Oh, wow. I'm also... <laughs> we have dogs of our own that we're, we're dog moms. Oh, uh, well, you, uh, you know, girl, I have to send me your address and I will send you a copy, copy yeah. of this book because I think you would really enjoy it. Yeah, we and, love anything uh, with I'm, dogs. I'm, uh, good for you. I'm really pleased to hear that. And uh, I'm also working on a couple of children's books. The first one of those is going to be out um, in spring of next year and um, I'm currently sitting here in Brooklyn in this very hot apartment this is not head weather in Brooklyn currently <laughs> and I'm working on the uh, the final draft for an historical thriller that's wow. fascinating wow well we are we are big <laughs> fans of yours and we're so happy that you created you know it's really the first history book for redheads your, the book. Yeah, I think it was. Yeah, yeah. so that's yeah. just really awesome. I feel like when you're the first of anything, I feel like there probably will be some people behind you now citing you because it's so awesome and so well done. Well, thank you very much. It is. It has been a wonderful journey for me to discover this redhead community as I wrote the book and as I've talked about the book. And I really have noticed while I'm over in the States, you know, the, um, the, the idea of the redhead look, if two redheads see each other, yes. they always give each other a little smile. Yeah. That really happens everywhere you go. It does. It's terrific. I know. We love it too. Well, it was so great to have you on and to meet you. And so we hope we keep in contact definitely on social media. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. It's been my pleasure. Great to speak with you two as well. Likewise. Thank Talk you so you much, soon. Jackie. Thank you. Bye. 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 Guess what, redheads? 
The H2 Bar Box is now offering a deluxe version of the Beauty Box sent out four times a year in addition to the monthly box. You now have two options for enjoying the beauty subscription box for redheads. The monthly box is worth $80 plus and the deluxe quarterly box is worth $250 plus. Each and every product is Redhead Friendly approved. Head to h2barbox.com to subscribe and use code PODCAST to receive 20% off. So some interesting facts we found out about her. And a lot of these facts can be found on howtobearedhead.com. Yeah. That redheads carry more vitamin D. I know. And so it back then, you know, we were talking about Queen Elizabeth and during that time. And it was really an advantage for a lot of people who lived in places with no sunlight because mm-hmm. the more vitamin D that they had naturally in their body, they were able to fight off diseases. And that's really, really awesome. So basically we have an article on how to be a redhead about how redheads can soak up more vitamin D and basically they just have more. So she talked about the pH of the skin, which is also really cool because they say that redheads have a different scent, which we also have a post. Yeah. About. So many powerful <laughs> things. And I think yeah. in her book, you know, again, so many just powerful statements and things to learn about our redhead gene and how we're made. And again, going back to how unique we are and how rare we are. So rare. And it's so cool. So definitely pick up her book. We'll um, have the Amazon link in the podcast notes so you can pick it up. It'll probably be a great summer, fall read. Definitely. And just to be able to read about where we came like, from. Yeah, where Redheads came from. It's so interesting. And she's done a lot of great work and definitely will put her social media so you can connect with her on social media too. So yeah, want to help us spread the news and the word about the How to Be a Redhead brand and this podcast? Please give us a five-star review and tell your friends, Redheads and everyone else to subscribe. You can listen to this podcast directly on howtobearedhead.com, on Apple iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. And don't forget to look at the podcast notes to find links with products mentioned and everything we talked about with Jackie. And so much more. Rock it like a redhead. redhead.